This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. Why do some artists make it in the UK and some don't? They, they come over. They commit to coming over is what it is. There are some artists that they're committed to coming over. They, they want an international career. They're interested in an international career. And they, they put in the effort uh, and the investment to come over and build that. And not every artist needs to do that or wants to do that. If this was a normal year, it would be country music's week to shine in the UK and across Europe. Country to Country, or the C2C Festival was slated for this weekend. Darius Rucker, Luke Combs, and Eric Church were headliners, but even legends like Tanya Tucker had signed on, recognizing the importance of an emerging foreign market. If you've been watching, you've seen this trend over five or ten years. Some artists like Brothers Osborne could seemingly make a career in London, maybe even a better career than they have in Nashville. Media coverage, or at least a British outlet dedicated to country music in the same way we think of country music, has been slow to develop until now. Holler Country launched within the last few months, and quickly stars like Rucker, Lauren Elena, and Carly Pierce gave time for profiles. Top journalists like Kelly Sutton, Alison Bonaguro, and Karina Liptak began providing rich content. It's difficult to be the new kid in town, but the team at Holler Country has been welcomed like country music community has been waiting for them. Because we kind of have. I wanted to know why to all of it. And Balin Leonard had the answers. He's the head of music at Holler Country and has the most interesting accent you'll ever hear. Balin grew up in East Tennessee, but he has lived in London for decades. These experiences provide a unique perspective on the American invasion of British radio waves. He's a friend to Nashville and the UK, and his outlet could become a sort of pivot piece that turns country music from a cute niche to a thriving culture overseas. But what would that take? Which artists do well in England but not in America, and why? How do you explain bro country to a European audience? Holler.country.com is the website. Balin is at at HeyBalin on Twitter. You can follow him and then me at Billy Dukeson. If you love the inside focus of this podcast, tell people why with a review or by sharing on your favorite social media platform. Then let's find out the answers to these questions and more during episode 40 of the Country Music Media Podcast. Hey, Billy, how's it going? Like the flag in the background. Hey, Bailey. thanks. It's good to meet you, man. Yeah, good to meet you as well. Really excited to talk to you. You know, I need to explain the flag. This is a podcast, but yes. I have a British flag sort of over my uh, left shoulder. It's always there. It's not just for like my guests who are based in London. Do you not um, have interchangeable flags depending on where no. your guests are from that you can pop up? So my uh, grandfather was born in England and okay. the flag actually has some World War II lineage. Um, oh, so okay. Right. I should know the full history. I'm embarrassed kind of that I don't, but it's got passed on through the generations and now it hangs over my, uh, my shoulder. Well, you could tell me anything and I'd believe it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question you. So you can tell me any amazing story about that flag and I'll just go, wow, amazing. <laughs> I'll take a screen grab here uh, and, and um, share it with people. So they yeah, sorry. I forced you into the world of visuals on, on a, an audio platform. Right. I apologize. <laughs> no, nah, no worries, man. Uh, uh, congratulations. Holler country has been uh, alive now for a couple of few months. This is um, uh, a really cool project. What's sort of the vision or sort of the target or where do you want to be in a couple of years? What's the focus? 
Uh, well, I mean, the vision of it is is giving a platform to not just commercial country, but also Americana and roots music and kind of, you know, everything that swirls around that. Because I think in the UK, um, we're just a little bit more open to, we're not quite as, we don't stick to our lanes quite as closely maybe as as you do in the States. And I think that's just because of, you know, country music as a, a, a genre, even though it's had a foothold in the UK, and even though its roots, of course, are from the UK, you know, with with Irish and, and Welsh and Scottish folk songs and all of that influences that then became country music. Um, in terms of commercial country music, we haven't ever really, it's never really been a household name, you know, right. like there's been moments in the history where country music has been big or that certain artists have been big, but, but in general, we're just um, a, a little bit more like, well, that could be country music and that too could be country music. And then Americana came along and um, I see the same folks at a Carrie Underwood concert as I would see at, you know, a Tyler Childress concert. And um, I know that there is crossover, of course, in the States as well with fans, but ultimately it's just about good music. And so there's a lot of, um, there's been a huge growth in country music and Americana music in the UK in the past kind of, I guess, 10 years. And so there's a lot of outlets out there, but I really wanted uh, to create something that was really journalism led, that had really quality writers, that did some deep dives, but that also didn't take itself too seriously. And so that's kind of where Holler came from. You know, we wanted to create something that wasn't just for the UK, um, that was also for everyone, you know, globally. And we're seeing that in terms of where we're seeing people click from. Um, and just also maybe lean a little bit left as well, not in an overt way, but, you know, there's been a lot of conversations and rightfully so lately about um, race and sexuality and, and different, you know, what is country music and what is it and who does country music belong to? And we could have just done a website that was pretty straightforward country music news and, you know, right. taking the press releases and, and reprinting those, but that wasn't what we wanted to do because, you know, me, um, I know loads of people that don't necessarily fit into what people stereotypically think of as a country fan. And I wanted to give them a voice as well. And I wanted to cover it in that way. Now, not in an overtly political way, but I didn't just want to be neutral about stuff. And um, I think that if you want to lean more on the conservative side of things, well, there's plenty of that already. You know, there's there's plenty of outlets that serve that that market already. And so I just wanted to look at it um, in a way that said, hey, country music is for everybody. Country music's for all people and um, all different types of people make country music and Americana music and all people, all different types of people listen to and enjoy um, country music and it's for them as well. It's uh, Balin Leonard. He's the head of music at Holler Country. You can find him online, holler.country.com. Dot com and you can find them on Twitter at Holler Country. And I was kind of looking through your followers, and what you said is absolutely true. I mean, it is a really kind of a an international audience. Uh, I see a lot of people, of course, from England and America, but Australia, Germany, and kind of throughout Europe. Do you try to target an international audience, or do you try to speak to American fans first, British fans first? Like, where do you like? What's your who's your face that you're speaking to first and foremost or, or voice uh, music fans it's, it's speaking to music fans and and of course it's speaking to country fans and americana fans and roots fans but also music fans you know i think that uh, i love discovering 
people who say they don't like country music and then be convincing them that actually you do. And I'm not just convincing you that you uh, haven't heard some great country music, although that might be true as well, but some of the music that you already love is country or is Americana. But from a geographical standpoint, we're based in the UK. A lot of our writers though are based in America and we always yeah. want our writers to speak in their voice and spell things the way they do. We put a lot of use in words in uh, in the uk you know favor yeah. all that has it has a u in it uh, and so we don't change that if you're an american writer then leave okay. the u out if you're a british writer then throw that u in there we're fine uh, because we want to be global and in terms of the artists that we cover obviously most of them come from america but we have a thriving uk scene uh, particularly in americana and in country music so we want to cover those as well but also we do articles on the origins of country music we do articles on the scene in um the caribbean we just did an article on you know country in the caribbean um, of course africa as a continent many countries there have their own heritage when it comes to country music so we want to cover that sort of thing as well this is a little bit granular and maybe it's even too soon for you guys to figure this out yet, but kind of as you sort of look at the demographics of the website, where is the majority or a majority of the audience uh, coming from? It keeps bouncing back and forth between America and the UK. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I look at it one day and it, it'll be more people in the UK and the next day it'll be more people in the US. And as you said, it might be a little bit early to pinpoint exactly why that is, whether it's particular artists that we're covering on that day or whether that artist has you know, put it on their socials um, and, and driven it that way. Uh, so yeah, we're still figuring that out. But at the moment, it's pretty well balanced between the UK and the US. I'm going to ask you a kind of an American question here, but I think that having been born and raised in East Tennessee, you'll follow. Um, radio stations here have trucks, uh, vans or whatever. And on the side of the van, they have wraps where they put like three to four artists on the side of it. And generally these artists are not only the artists they're playing most, but the artists that sort of best represent their listeners. You know, it might be yeah. Carrie Underwood. It could be Sam Hunt in one area, like a metropolitan area, but then it might be George Strait in somewhere like Texas. If Holler Country had a truck, which three to five artists would you have the faces of on the side of that truck? Right. Well, um, I love the idea of having a truck. So, you know, hopefully we can make that happen. Uh, <laughs> so who would we put on there? I would definitely put Raina Roberts on there. I feel like she oh, wow, is... Okay. She is the 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 new face and voice of commercial country, and I love uh, I love her and her attitude. I love her music, and I think that she's going to do really big things. Uh, Charlie Crockett, I'd probably pop on there. I I, I love his sound and and what he's doing. Um, the Secret Sisters, yep, or Brandy Carlisle. You know, one of one of them would would definitely have a, a space on that truck. I mean, I'm how big is this truck? Because I could keep going with. Um, I don't know. Carly Pierce obviously has, has made a real impact. And what I love about her, I've always loved her music, but with this latest one, 29, you know, showing that she's got depths that maybe people didn't assume she had at first. And I think the same is true of, of Matt Stell. You know, he, he looks like he's just straight down the middle country guy, but actually he's such a good songwriter for um, sure. Yeah. When you, when you get down into that. So, um, but you know, Listen, I don't think any truck is ever going to be complete without Dolly Parton or Loretta Lynn on it. So we've got to get one of them on it, too. Well, I was going to ask, like, the classic artist or the legend artist, because you, you want that older for there. Would that be a Dolly or a, a Loretta? 
Yeah, I, I love being an East Tennessee boy, and and you know my mom was born in Sevierville, where where Dolly is is from. I've got, of course, a real affinity for Dolly Parton and everything that she does, uh, both as a human and and as an artist. But Loretta Lynn, I have such admiration for um, paving the way for female artists talking about issues that affected women long before that was the done thing, you know, being banned from radio for talking about birth control and talking yeah. about j- just, just an absolute groundbreaking um, trailblazing artist. And I have nothing but respect and love for everything that she does. You mentioned a, a couple of artists who are kind of just getting their American careers started. I'm um, certainly um, uh, Raina Roberts is just getting going here. Um, Matt Stell is a few singles in on the radio. Carly Pierce has been around for a, a little bit longer. Um, there does seem, from my perspective, to be a, a difference in artists that seem to tour often to uh, not only England, but to Europe in general. I think of the Cadillac 3 and some artists that spend yeah. a lot of time there. Is there an artist that, or, or, or is there a reason that certain artists might do a little bit better across the Atlantic than other artists? And can an artist, could an artist just sort of park their, make, buy a house? somewhere in England or something and, and sort of make a career on country yeah. music in, in uh, Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, if you look at the, some of the biggest artists going, uh, all right, Casey Musgraves, let's take her for an example. She, she built her career and was playing far bigger venues in the UK than she was in the U S in the early part of her career. And this is something that she acknowledges really? and talks about. Um, I'd say the same is, is true with, Brothers Osborne and the Cadillac Three that you mentioned, absolutely beloved here and playing, you know, massive shows here. And um, could an artist, like, why do some artists make it in the UK and some don't? They, they come over. They Just commit to coming over is what it is. Put in. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, and this has changed a lot now. And I, I run a festival as well called The Long Road, um, which again is, is, you know, big main stage commercial country it's americana artists and roots artists and everything in between it's five stages it's 80 artists and um i know from booking that festival there are some artists that they're committed to coming over they they want an international career they're interested in an international career and they they put in the effort uh, and the investment to come mm-hmm. over and build that and not every artist needs to do that or wants to do that uh, that is changing a lot now. I think more and more artists who maybe in the past were quite happy not having an international career because they were so successful and making so much money in the States now realize, oh, there's a whole other world out there and things are going great in the UK. So I want to get a piece of that. So more and more, some of these artists who haven't been interested in coming over in the past are now interested in coming over. But, you know, here's the thing about UK country fans. They are loyal. They are committed. They, they go deep. They know album cuts. They know B-sides. They know very, uh, they know the words. They know their artists. And because it's still relatively new in the grand scheme of things, where we have so many artists coming over. If you're a country fan in the UK, you're so excited that a country artist is coming over, even though we now have these kind of flagship events throughout the year, like C2C and the Long Road Festival, we also have touring happening throughout the year. So the simple answer is come over, just to come over. Now that takes an investment from a artist standpoint, because you're not going to make the money in the UK that you make 
in the US. Right. It's a it's a smaller market. Um, it's a smaller country, but you're also going to come over to the UK and you're going to be able to pick up shows in Germany and right. in on mainland Europe. There's many different cities in the UK. You can just do a UK tour, you know, and, and hit all the big cities and you'll be fine and go into Scotland and do Ireland. But you have to be willing to go, okay, uh, I might break even or I might lose some money in the beginning, but I'm going to build this career and it's going to pay off for me. Well, I mean, that's that's any artist, you know, traveling anywhere. You know, an artist who does great in the state of Texas is eventually going to have to get up to Boston and they might only play a, a club when they could be playing uh, arenas in Texas. I think of artists like um, Cody Johnson and Granger Spith in particular yes. who, who have Both that. Both of whom for. I've been trying to get over here. <laughs> really? And, and any any inroads there yet? Any success? Yeah, lots of well, we had lots of success until COVID hit, um, and then it didn't. It didn't quite. It didn't quite. We didn't quite get to the signing on the dotted line bit, but it will happen. It will happen for sure. And and I know they they both want to come over. And you know, I'm not speaking out of turn here about their kind of internal um, conversations, but both of those artists uh, recognize that they have fans in the UK, and whether they come over and play festivals or whether they come over and tour. I think they both will at some point because they recognize that there is a there's a big old world out here filled with fans who are dying to see them. It's a uh, uh, it's a Balin Leonard. He's the head of music at Holler Country. And just looking at your site, it's a really interesting mix. I mean, some pretty polished profiles on Darius Rucker, Lauren Elena, Carly Pierce uh, went up recently. Um, and then you have like kind of these cool gritty po- profiles, not only on artists but like lists like. A guide to murder ballads. You'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll find. I mean, that it's a really in, interesting. Who's kind of in charge of sort of the creative when it comes to sort of? I mean, the interviews are the interviews. You take kind of who's hot and, and who the fans demand. But it's the, what makes a site is sort of like those lists. Who's putting those together or kind of in charge of the creative there? It's a combination of people as the editorial team. So um, Ross and Kira, who came from a new music background on other platforms, not they weren't into, it wasn't country that they were doing before. It was just new music. But I think it's important to have these different voices that come at country a little bit of a, a different way. And of course, me being head of music, we bounce around ideas, but a lot of it actually uh, comes from our writers, suggestions from our writers saying, hey, this is interesting me, or I found I found this and I'd quite like to dig into it. Can we do something on it? And then we'll commission it from them. You know, we've got this great team of, of writers and this pool of, of freelance writers uh, kind of from around the world. And we're just always open to what they're wanting to write about. And if it's something that we think will be interesting and, and maybe something a little bit different, then we say, yeah, go for it, because I want to know about that as well. And I'm sure other people will. Yeah, no joke on the writers, too. I mean, some of the writers, we, we've had Kelly Sutton on, and she wrote for you. I think she wrote the uh, Darius profile recently. She's been a guest yeah. on this podcast. Uh, Allison Bonaguro, who has um, been with CMT, I think, forever. Uh, Karina Liptek, who writes for Taste of Country and The Boot, in addition to a number of other outlets in, uh, in and around Nashville. I mean, so you have picked up some really, not just writers with a lot of experience, some kind of creative writers with this is going to sound bad, but with like opinions or like yeah. a, a niche or like kind of who do a thing, you know, have a lane. <laughs> yeah. They do a thing. Not, not, not exactly what like we wanted. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a fun know, spot that, to be in. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying when we started talking about this is that we wanted it to have, we wanted Holler to have an opinion. We, we didn't just want it to be press releases and, and, you know, 
and listen, news, you know, short little bits of news of releases and stuff. That's also very important. But we wanted writers that um, had a voice. And that, I know that also sounds like a cliche, but I think it was really important in doing that. And a lot of these writers are writers that I've admired for ages and, and loved what they've written um, or that somebody on the team has been aware of or that, you know, we've come across or has been referred. And I think that for a, a startup like us to get that level of writer and that level of access as well to artists, I think it kind I mean, hopefully it kind of underlines and supports um, the mission of Holler already, which was for it to have a little bit of a different voice and to, and to have an opinion. And um, I think that if you just get out of the writer's way you, and let them do what they do, then that's when you get the best results. And the business, and I think it signals also, given the writers you have, is that you guys aren't kind of working on a, it doesn't appear to me to, that you guys are working on a, a shoestring budget necessarily. I mean, those writers that we've, we talked about aren't going to work for free. The site looks great. Um, and that's also a signal down the line to advertisers and people because, you know, first couple of years when you're starting a new website, you're not exactly raking in the cash. It takes a little while to build up that audience, but at least the signals are there that advertisers are going to want to come work for you, which, you know, you got to pay the bills to keep this thing running for two to five years. Uh, well, yeah, our, our 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 arms are open, and and but yes, you're you're absolutely right. It it's um, of course things will evolve and and things will get better and thing things will tighten up. But we wanted to hit the ground running with um, with a good product. We wanted it to look good. We wanted to have quality writing, uh, and we wanted to have good access to to artists, to interesting artists, and to big names, and. Uh, Thank you. It sounds like you think we've done that. And I, I certainly hope that we have uh, because all of those things are important. You know, it's all well and good to go, hey, I've got this idea. Um, let's just, you know, build our own website and see what happens. But we didn't do that. We, we, we hired a team of designers to build this website, to, to build our font. Um, and, and we mainly got writers that are really good. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of paying people properly. And um, because, listen, this is their art. They, they're also highly skilled professionals who have to pay the bills. And yeah, you can always draw in favors, um, but that isn't how we wanted to operate. You know, there, there are some people who are writing for us that I was friends with already. And even though we're, we're paying them and paying them properly, I still called them up and said, hey, this is what this is about. Um, and this is why I want you to be involved with it because I really think that, I really think this is up your street as well. And so I never take, I never take advantage of the fact that um, everybody's just looking for some sort of work. And, and, you know, particularly at the moment, people will do what they can to make the, the ends meet. I, I still want you to be paid properly for, right. for your skills and for what you do. Um, because I want you to be, I want you to be around, you know, I want you to stick around and I want you to not only enjoy writing for us, but I want you to be, um, I want you to be paid properly for that. So Balin Leonard of Holler Country, a couple of more minutes here. I got a couple of more questions. And, and with regards to access, um, we mentioned some of the artists that you've done profiles with. Are you surprised with the level of artist access that you've gotten at this point, kind of the nascent point of the, of the uh, website's career? I mean, I guess I should say yes, but I'm not actually. Um, and, and that is just because of the writers that we are using, because I know that they have access and, and I know that they have a, a, a respected reputation within the industry. I think when people, 
uh, log on to holler.country and look at it, they can see that it's a real thing. But also, I mean, by profession, I'm a radio guy like you. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a country music ra- radio guy um, here in the UK and was with the BBC for years. And now I'm doing commercial country radio. Um, so over the years, you build up, you know, a, a contacts book and, um, and yeah. we're able to draw on that. But I have to say, I haven't had to lean on that too much. Uh, the editorial team and the writers are really great at reaching out and, and selling um, to kind of the gatekeepers of these artists what it is that, that we're wanting to do. And then also in the UK, it's a smaller group of people who handle those artists in terms of pluggers and, and press and stuff like that. And we all know each other because if you've been doing the, anything in the country music industry in the UK for any amount of time, you know everybody. Um, so mm-hmm. there's probably a handful, I mean, literally maybe five people who handle every artist both in country and americana for the uk when it comes to press so oh that's interesting that way that's also why i'm not surprised you know because we have good relationships with those people and the thing about it is in the uk and i know i know this can sound a bit like oh but everybody who's working in this industry because it has been for so long such an uphill battle everybody's really passionate about it so that means whether you're on the label side of things or whether you're on the press or the publicity side of things you're in radio or you're writing about it it's actually a passion for you so everybody's trying to help everybody else out to a certain extent too you're offering something that no one else is offering like taste of countries and the boots of the worlds aren't offering that international audience um or at least the potential for that international audience um you, you know it, it, we're competing with radio companies and radio stations over here in America as well. And you don't kind of have that same competition. So regardless of like the social following or the numbers at this point, you guys are offering a fresh voice, I think. And, and that does, I mean, podcasting is kind of the same thing. It's not hard to book great podcast guests because there's not many really great podcasts and no one sees the numbers unless they really, really go searching for them, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's, quality over quantity in some sort of way as well, right? If yeah. we're talking about numbers and stuff like that. And yeah, it's good to hear you say that about podcasts because uh, that is something that we're looking to do is is launch Holler Weekly where we kind of, with Kelly Sutton actually, who you mentioned earlier, I'm oh, going to cool. do it with Kelly. So it's going to be kind of a transatlantic thing. Um, and, you know, just looking at some of the artists that we're, we're going to be featuring on Holler.Country each month and, and you know, podcasts and just having a chat as well and, and hopefully... Yeah getting more people involved because it, it is all about kind of growing holler out in that way and, and making it, making nice. it matter, you know, like that, that's kind of one of the main goals of, of holler is that I want it to matter. You know, I want it to matter to the, the fans and I want it to matter to the artists and to the industry. And uh, any way we can do that, then we're, we're open to it. Last question with Balin Leonard of holler country kind of goes back to your story and how you worked at the BBC prior um i pulled up an episode of a show you did on um bbc radio 2 and it was balen leonard bro country and it appears to be you explaining bro country to the british audience and i am just fascinated on how (laughs) the british audience um embraced or understands the concept of bro country which is so uniquely american and kind of 
its own level of satire. <laughs> yeah, and you know that 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 show that you pulled up there that was right at the height of bro country. You, you know that yeah. is when it was just dominating everything. And so, actually, in terms of explaining it, I, I also made a real effort to broaden it out as well. And we actually played some women on that show because you know there, there are. If you're going, if you're basing it on kind of like good times and swagger and 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 beer and and trucks and kind of all those tropes that came to be associated and were bro country, women can do that just as well as men. You know, maybe sure. com- coming at it from a different angle and 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 obviously having a different sensibility about it, but that exists as well. So so actually, that show was was less an explainer and more a kind of celebration of. Okay, there are some good songs w- within Bro Country, um, and let's broaden it out. Let's look at let's look at it from a different way. Um, so that it was kind of yeah, it was a celebration. It was slightly tongue in cheek in, in some ways, as as you would have to be with Bro Country, but it was also saying women can do this as well. They can, but like it's empowerment when women do it, and exactly. like there's not that same sort of sexual aggressiveness, the overt sexual aggressiveness that like the men bring, where they're just like, "Get your little fine ass up into my truck." You know? <laughs> you know, you yes, know? women aren't going to say that. Uh, <laughs> God, that was a fun. They answer. might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might. Yeah, I don't know. You know, another ten years. Uh, <laughs> oh, this has been fun, man. Uh, um, I look forward to watching the site grow and, and some of the great profiles and lists you have done. And I'm going to include links to a lot of what we talked about on my website, countrymediapodcast.com as well. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I, I, I really enjoyed our conversation and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where holler.country takes us. And um, thanks for being along for the ride. Find Balin on Twitter at Hey Balin, B-A-Y-L-E-N. And then you can find Holler Country on Twitter at, at Holler Country, and you can figure out how to spell that. Holler.country.com is the website, and he's the head of music. Balin Leonard, I appreciate you joining the Country Music Media Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a joy. Thank you. Big thanks to Balin Leonard for joining the podcast this week. You can find links to everything we talked about at my website, countrymediapodcast.com. While you're there, dig into some of the archive episodes, including a conversation with Rolling Stone's John Freeman. Also talk to Jonathan Bernstein about reviewing Morgan Wallen's new album, a conversation with Marcus Dowling and race and country music, and then we have had Kelly Sutton on the show as well, an episode called A Modern Journalist's Survival Guide. On Thursday, more commentary as we look at the 2021 Grammy Awards and the nomination process in country music. Nominees aren't exactly picked by the public. Some new research shows that how country nominees are picked will kind of stun you. It explains so much about why the same artists seem to get picked year after year after year. That's on Thursday. More great guests coming through the end of the month. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you subscribing, following, and give the show a rating, a review, or just share it on Twitter. Tell someone you know about the Country Music Media Podcast. It really means a whole lot. Is the Grammy process fair? Let's find out together Thursday during episode 41 of the Country Music Media Podcast.